Welcome to the Poptus Podcast. I'm Jordan Edwards. My guest today is Noga Erez. She's an Israeli musician who gained international fame with her debut album Off the Radar and the track Dance While You Shoot, which was featured in an Apple commercial. She's now working on a new album for City Slang, the Berlin-based record label whose artists include Caribou, Jessica Pratt, and Lamb Chop. First of all, I wanted to tell you that Views is ridiculous. I... I, the video, the whole, the whole thing, the whole thing, there's a whole like universe around that, that track. So I know you've done the, the, the doc about it and stuff like that, but can you talk about how that track came together? Thank you so much. First of all, I mean, the funny thing about views is, is that it was released like, um, I think two weeks before the whole uh, Corona mess started. So I didn't really get a chance to talk about it a lot as much as you do with, other singles that come out and you constantly talk about them so for me to talk about it is so great especially with how how much people love it and um i mean views views started out as basically a joke it's just you know one of those things that accidentally came about we um we had this discussion about um some photographers uh, profile on instagram and we were going through uh his his profile and or he made a comment about how you know photos that have boobs showing in them are getting more likes and I was like man you know that is old news it's just not a new thing and you know then we had the sentence people like boobs man that's old news that was basically what started people buy views I know it's old news so uh, very different from any other song it started with a ridiculous kind of, you know, lyric that we had. And then Ori, Ori Russo, he's, he's my partner in writing, composing, producing the music. And he went on and on about this sentence about how genius it is and how it sounds incredible. And I was like very, very skeptical. And then he just, you know, went to the studio uh, and came back with, you know, a recording of this sentence over a beat. And I was just instantly, you know, mind blown and, and we had to replace the lyric, obviously, because I didn't want to keep the boobs part. That felt a bit too much for me. And um, yeah, and then it kind of, you know, it had a, it had its own production. It was very like um, UK grind type of beat at the beginning. And then we switched the beat into what it is today, added some brass, added a lot of, a lot of layers of synthesizers and, you know, and 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 a live bass player came and and it all kind of glued together into what it is today that feels i think very very lively and very big and so that was kind of the, the process in a nutshell so how does this new music compare to both in terms of of the way it sounds and the way you've made it how does this new music compare to to off the radar I don't know. I kind of feel like when you listen to Off the Radar, you can hear... Off the Radar is your first LP, by the way. Yeah. 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 So that was my debut album. And, you know, I think a lot of people liked to uh, define the album an electronic album. And a lot of people compared the production and the vocals there to things from Bjork through MIA to, you know, those kind of things. And then for for a very long time, I had a very, very intense uh, period of hip hop when I was basically for a very long time, I stopped singing. I 
I felt like after Off the Radar, it may sound weird, but after Off the Radar, I was really tired of my singing voice. And I was like, I have to find something new. And hip hop was also like a love of mine. And I, and I never had the courage to, to try to do it myself. But at the same time, I, I was always, I always rapped, you know? It was one thing that I've discovered that I love doing. I love, I love, you know, learning verses. It's like something that I do for fun since I was a very young girl. So I, I listen to a rapper and I, and I learn all the lyrics and all the flows. So I had quite a, you know, a lot of, I've, I've performed a lot of songs before a lot of rap tunes. And then at some point it became from me singing into me being more heavy on, you know, spoken word slash rap type of type of performance. But but that kind of changed as well because we're talking about three years ago, Off the Radar was released and so much have changed and and I kind of feel like I already got gotten back to melodies. So what you hear right now is basically in almost every song there's a combination between the fact that I'm first and foremost a singer and uh, my voice is like my main um, my main instrument and then you know heavy hip-hop influences but um, I, I just feel that the biggest difference between between off the radar and this one is that this one you know the next album is just going to be more form formed more formative you know the songs are easier to track you know when it comes to the form of the song I feel that, that like that's the main the main thing because sound wise i just feel like it's a it's a continuation of what we had because when you hear off the radar the song the the main the main line in there is performed by the hook is performed by a bass clarinet, which is like an instrument that I always loved and I always wanted to use it in a pop song. And I didn't hear a lot of examples of it, so I was like, I have to do it. So, and you know, the whole brassy sound is very, very heavy in the new album as well. And you, and you do hear a beginning of the, the vocal performance in, uh, in Dance While You Shoot in uh, in the in the album off the radar, so it's kind of a continuation when it comes to production sound and everything. But I think the songs are tighter. I think the songs are more structured. And the idea is to, this album is supposedly you're going to release it in the fall, correct? Like the new album. That's no, the idea. so that has changed. Of course, um, of course, yeah, it has. We might release this podcast, and it might change the change again. You know, yeah. it keeps changing basically because um, we are really trying to see how to figure out this whole. The, the fact that I cannot, you know, perform live. And, you know, for me, I think for, for many artists, you know, it can change from one artist to another, but I am a very uh, performance and live and live heavy artist. And it's such a big part of, of what I do. And if I cannot support a single that is released with, with some live shows, I kind of feel like it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, we had to extend the the album campaign and now the album is about to be released February, which is like almost a year from now. And I'm kind of assuming, you know, we have a, a new deadline for the master and we keep writing songs and 
the album and its its lineup keeps changing. So I kind of have no idea what this album is going to be like in a weird way. I, I think you're also like such an audiovisual artist. Like your fashion and your music videos are part of the package, you know? Yeah. And so without that, it's kind of hard to, to go full for, force. I totally understand. Now you're based in Tel Aviv, correct? Yeah. But you're not, you didn't grow up there. You grew up somewhere else. Yeah, I grew up in the the north and the north part of Israel. Now, what did what did you listen to growing up? What did what was the mix of Israeli music versus American music, or or maybe British, or, or what did you listen to growing up? I mean, I think I think it was basically I, I as I grew up. Obviously, my early childhood was more heavy on the Israeli music. There's a big thing that used to be very popular here. The same thing. The same way that, for instance, the Beatles had, you know, Yellow Submarine and, um, you know, the the movie, a lot, many artists here who were, you know, artists, proper artists for, for grown-up had children's tapes. And then you would get, as a, as a child, you would get, like, phenomenal music. And, and that is the music I grew up on. And then, obviously, naturally, I became a fan of those artists and they're more you know, grown up music. And so that was what I started with. But I remember myself since a very early age, you know, dancing in the living room um, to the sound of Beatles. We were very heavy on the Beatles. I mean, that was like my, my dad's main main thing. And ABBA, which is like a really strange one. But yeah, I had that. And Leonard Cohen and Rod Stewart, and Simon and Garfunkel, you know, all those, all those classic things. Yeah, totally. Totally. That was the mix. You went to school at Jerusalem Academy of Music and Dance. Had you, how much training had you had growing up? Did you play a lot of instruments? Um, what was your musical background going into music school in terms of what you could do? Basically nothing. And that's, I think that was the one opportunity that really changed me as a musician because I mean, I was, I was like in, in, in high school. My thing is my personality is that I fall in love with something really quickly and I fall out of love with stuff very quickly as well. When it comes to, you know, things, I fall in love with people and I keep being falling, being in love with them. You know, I, I stay very true to people, but when it comes to music and genres, you know, I'm, I like so many different things. And so I had so many different phases. And when it, when it came to instruments, so I played, I played some pianos, some guitar. I, I had a big phase of percussion and I thought I wanted to be a drummer at some point. I had all those things, but you know, it's, it was never into, you know, so deep to the level that I was really able to express myself the same way that I'm, that I'm able to express myself with my voice. But then I just realized that, you know, what I want to do is to be able to combine all those things. And then naturally I went into music production and, you know, I always use the fact that I know how to do all these things on a very basic level. But when I came to audition to, um, the Music Academy, I went to the hardest audition that you can do there, which is a composition audition. And I had some 
theoretical and technical background. I was able to read notes, but not fluently. I was able to to sing solfege, and I had a very very good ear for you know in intervals and all this shit that you have to know uh, when you when you start you know proper school education in music and they just gave me a chance because they were like listen you're just not you're not there and but we can give you a chance because we see that you are very creative so take two weeks and let's see how you are in two weeks let's meet again in two weeks so i they gave me another audition and, and in those two weeks what i what i basically did and what i found out about myself that was my first experience of hard core discipline that I never had before. Did you feel and like you were, were you were you unprepared for that kind of of commitment? I wanted it like so bad because I felt like I had I needed some knowledge and I needed someone to sit me down and and I and I really wanted I really wanted to prove that to myself and I had such a such a willpower that I sat for two weeks and I didn't get off the chair and I just sat and learned and learned and, and I was able to, to pass the audition two weeks after and it, it included things that I never did before. So that was, I mean, beyond the fact that, you know, I've learned so many things in the academy that I already forgot and a lot of technical things and, you know, writing for, for classic, uh, for classical um, you know, ensembles and stuff like that, which I, which I rarely use, but, but what I really learned was, you know, there's, there's really little that you're not capable of if you're so hungry for something. And so that kind of opened the door for me in so many other things. Yeah. How would you describe the, the music scene in Tel Aviv and specifically you know, people who are what? What kind of music is is there in in terms of electronic music and, and hip hop? I think the main the main thing that you can say about the the music scene in Israel and specifically in Tel Aviv is that it's kind of like a microcosmos of of everything in the world, and Israel tends to be that way, and I think even more than other places because. Israel is a melting pot between so many different cultures and societies. It's basically a place that immigrants came to from all over the world 74 years ago. It's very, very, you know, it's not a long time ago. So you have people here with parents who came from Poland and Germany and Yemen and Morocco, and you have all these things. And um, so what, what you see here is a heavy Western um, influence coming from music, you know, from the U.S. and the U.K., etc. But you, but you can see that it blends with a lot of, you know, Oriental and more ethnic music, and and that is kind of how I would say you can you can you can feel something about the sound here. But when it comes to, you know, the scene is also very influenced by the fact that Israel is a very small place. Tel Aviv is a small city. I think. It's under half a million people who live here. So musicians know each other. It's very community-based. There's a lot of collaboration thing happening. There's not a lot of money because there's only so much that you can do with, you know, the venues that the bigger artists are performing in are like tops 
1500 and it kind of creates an atmosphere of more more like a community rather than you know a proper industry that you know rolls some cash but when it comes to electronic music you have Tel Aviv's nightlife that are a known thing in the world for you know how crazy parties here can be when when parties were still on and So you have DJs here and, and hip hop in Hebrew is pretty dope if, if you're able to do it. I mean, hip hop in, in languages that are not English is always weird. <laughs> But, you know, I really love, I really love hearing hip hop from, you know, French artists and, and from German artists. It's always so, it's always so weird. But when it's, when it's in Hebrew, you know, to begin with, Hebrew is a weird language and it's not rolling. You know, it's not, it's not pretty, it's not round, it's very, it cuts, it's aggressive, it's, it's intense, and it's kind of like German, but, but, but you have more, or you have Arabic in it, it's weird. By the way, Arabic hip-hop is awesome, and the fact, and the fact that some people are able to still do it and make it sound good, I think, you know, the ones who are able to do it, do it incredibly well, and also, you know, It's so different than um, any any Latinic, would you say that that is called? You know, languages that you know German German languages and and uh, and English that most of the vowels, most of the words have one vowels. You know, I came to see the show, and it's so easy to put it on the rhythm. I came to see the show, whatever. But then in Hebrew, most of the words have two or three or four. It's, it's super hard to flow in Hebrew. So the ones who are able to do it, they're great. And it's really, it's cool. I mean, yeah, it's a really, really interesting scene. Now you, you have, uh, uh, there's some political tones to your music, but I wouldn't consider you a quote unquote political artist. You know, right. what do you do in terms of adding political messages to your music without becoming that becoming overwhelming your sound if that makes sense yeah that makes total sense i mean i think that is also if you ask about the difference between off the radar and the new project that is also a main a main difference but but i mean it's it's also kind of coming from the same place when i was writing off the radar and it was a situation where me and Oli, my partner in in writing we were in the midst of experiencing um you know war that that's something that happens here every now and then if you live in the center of israel the the situation is that usually it's very similar to living in other countries and hearing that there's war going on in israel because usually it happens in the border or in jerusalem and um but proper wars are heated up here every now and then And when we when we started to work on off the radar, it was it was in the midst of it. So you would have you know a situation, for instance, where you would be like, I wrote a song about you know lying in bed with with my with the the, the, the person that I love, and and an alarm is starting, and you know you have to go to a shelter because there's a bomb going to fall. You know those kind of things, and. You know, that is basically describing living inside a war zone in a very, you know, it's in a very minimal way because Israel is a very protected. There is a 
big mechanism protecting, you know, the Israeli citizens. It's not at all like being a citizen, you know, a person who lives in Gaza. It's it's just so unbalanced. But then when when you when you don't look at that big because it has some you know romantic side to it, but when you actually look at what causes that and what takes us there over and over and how we are stuck in this loop and how politics have so much to do with it. But then at the same time, coming from the perspective of being someone who lives in Israel, who is the privileged side of this war, you cannot argue with that no matter who you are and what you are on the political, you know, where you are finding yourself on the political map. You, I mean, it's just talking about I, my point of view is never political. It's always talking about how fucking frustrating it is to know what's going on and to read about it in the news, but knowing that there is a very, very small chance that anything is going to change. And, and the opposite is true. It feels like we're just walking towards something that is more and more awful and that is going to make this situation eternity you know so in this project that we have now i've reached a point where from being someone who was extremely informed about everything that is happening in politics not just in israel but all over the world and what is happening here you know when it comes to you know what's going on i've shut down uh i do that every now and then because I like to keep myself sane. And, um, but the perspective, even when it was talking about things that are political in their nature was never political. And that is what kept me from being a political artist. I, I think it's, it's interesting coming from my perspective, you know, I'm in New York. So when I think of Israel, you know, all I, th- I think of the, Israeli-Palestinian conflict and Benjamin Netanyahu and and like the main bullet points that the Americans see are different than the nuances of, of actually living in Israel. Yeah. So moving back towards the music side of things, you're on City Slang, the album, the, the, the record label, um, and that's like a really well-known German label with some really great artists on it. So what has the experience been like to be part of that group? Oh, basically City Slang and the people of City Slang are the best thing that ever happened to me after my partner, Oli, you know? So the thing is, this is uh, an independent label with people that they don't just take, you know, the, you know, the title independent label as, you know, we're just independent. They, this is a mindset, this is a philosophy. This, these are people who really think that artist freedom uh, is above all. And so everything that they do and how they act and how they manage and the whole philosophy behind how it's administrated, it's, it comes to those, to those details is coming from the, you know, the basic assumption of we are here for the artists and not the opposite and not the other way around, which is just, I think, and I have friends who are, you know, in other labels and in major labels. And I think, you know, it has its obvious p- 
positive sides, especially when it comes to to money. But I am surrounded by basically the best team that I could have asked for. My manager, Krista, and my my other manager, Chris, I know it's funny, they have the same name, <laughs> are, you know, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a, for a better team. They're just so in it for the right reasons. And that goes, the, the, the same thing goes as to, to City Slang. It's just such an awesome family to be a part of. Before I let you go, I have a thing I call the, the music nerd questionnaire. So it's just like a few questions about your preference in, in music and your background. So first question is, because you, you have this composition background, who is your favorite classical composer? I would say, I'm going to regret this, but I'm going to say Debussy. That's a good one. That's, I didn't know which era you were going to go, like how far back you were going to go. Uh, yeah, I'm going to regret it like badly because, you know, I had, I had names going through my mind. But then, you know, I don't know. I, I've studied, you know, I've studied piano because of Debussy. I had a teacher, he was great. And he was, I, I, I never studied classical piano before I got to, to the academy. And I had, to, I had to, to learn and I had the most amazing teacher and he was like 90 years old. And he, he kept looking for things that will make me passionate about piano and he found it. And it was like Debussy's children's children's songs and so yeah i'm very connected to to his music next question if you could score a film what type of film would you want to score Uh, an action film a comedy a romance what kind of film do you think that you would want to score Mm. you know i want to do justice with the action film scoring i feel like you know, I think like the cheesiest, <laughs> the cheesiest soundtracks are coming from action films, and that you know, I there's I think there there must be plenty of really good soundtracks or scores for for action films. But it's oh, it always feels like when you talk about action film um, scoring, it's like you know the lowest. <laughs> I don't know if you agree with me. No, that's, but there's if, something to that. Yeah. I want to do justice to that genre and write something really cool and edgy for like the most mainstream action film. And I, I didn't, I didn't, I kind of uh, glazed over this a little bit, but I'm curious, do you, do you have any interest or do you, do you care about infusing traditional Israeli music into your own music? Do you have that in, in your, in the back of your mind at all when you're, when you're making something? No. So no, not at all. And I think I think um, yeah, I think it's easy to 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 spot that that I don't I don't try to you know let people know where I'm from. I think I'm when it comes to where I'm from musically, I'm I'm a I'm a child of globalization basically. I, like I I listen I listen to more international music than Israeli music, and I feel like. Yeah, to push that sound wouldn't just not be natural. And you know, there's there's this saying here <laughs> between people that you know the 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 international Israeli artist that would really make it in the world would be, you know, the one who would incorporate some, you know, Middle Eastern scales into pop music. And why don't you push that line or this 
drum sound, you know, the buka sound into into your your production. And I'm like, you know, I don't I don't make music for that type of things. If I wanted to, I would do that, but uh, when people are trying to do that, it sucks. <sighs> When you feel like they're doing it because someone... It feels gimmicky. It feels like they're... Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being patient. And good luck on the new project. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Pop Dust Podcast. I'm Jordan Edwards. You can find me at jordanedwardsstudio.com or on Instagram at jordanedwardsstudio. And check out the latest in pop culture, music, and entertainment at popdust.com.